to God. 
he says. But Paul here in talking about his own heart's desire is helping the Corinthians to understand and us to understand how we can serve the Lord. The first idea is this. We must watch for open doors. If you and I are going to serve the Lord, we must look for those doors that the Lord opens for us. Doors refer to opportunities. Paul uses that phrase a number of times in the sense of opportunities. Open doors help us to understand the will of God. When God presents an opportunity to us that is an open door for us, then we ought to understand that as a way to serve Him and walk through that door. Obviously, when a door closes, we ought not to keep knocking on that door saying, please open up, please open up. Because God directs us in our service to the doors that He opens. Now, James tells us that we may well lay plans, and we do good if we lay plans for tomorrow and the rest of our lives. But he says that we ought also to say, if the Lord wills, I will live and do this or that. So the idea of open doors doesn't mean that we're totally passive. We just sit back and say, well, whatever God brings, we're to lay plans, we're to set direction, but at the same time, that direction needs to be very pliable and we need to be watching for God's open doors. This is not only true in terms of vocational decisions or in terms of marriage or those, those major decisions of life, but it's true just in everyday things, too. I had a good conversation yesterday with Dave Woodworth, who's in the hospital, by the way, waiting for open heart surgery this week. Remember him in prayer. Uh, Dave was telling me how there in the hospital, he looks for God to open doors a witness and shared a couple of instances in which which God has brought people into his room or in one case he was in the visitor's area and saw somebody there a number of times and, and just asked a question which opened the door of witness and he was able to tell these folks about his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we just need to be looking for open doors every day and say, God, help me to spy you at work. Help me to know how you want me to serve you today. There's a second principle when it comes to serving the Lord, that is, we're to work with others. Uh, there is no lone ranger syndrome that we ought to have as believers. We ought to be team kinds of people. In Paul's case, he had a team. In verses 10 through 12, he talks about Timothy. And uh, he talks about Apollos. And he reminds them that they're all on the same team. Paul had poured his life into Timothy in particular in order to reproduce himself. What a great example that is for us. Uh, we need ourselves to engender attitudes that will show that we're a part of the team, that we are cooperating with others, that we're not standing off by ourselves saying, I'll just do my own thing my own way. But that we're holding hands with 
get your motives. And then in verse 24, he reminds them of his own love for them when he says, My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Paul needed to remind them he loved them because he said some pretty hard things to them in this letter. You see, love is what ought to govern our relationship to others. And then in relation to their leaders, verses 15 through 18, he tells them that they ought to be in subjection to their leaders and acknowledge them. That is, recognize them and respect them. Notice he says, Now I urge you, brethren, verse 16, that you also be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps in the work and labors. And who's he talking about? He's talking about the household of Stephanus. The first converts that he had in that area of Achaia. He says they've devoted themselves for ministry to the saints. What the word devote means? It means they've addicted themselves. We have a group here with an addiction, and it's addiction to serving other people. And Paul says that they're apparently leaders, and he says, be in subjection to these people. And he says in verse 17, I rejoice over the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus the Caicus. Those were apparently the ones who brought this letter of questions to Paul from the Corinthians. He says, they've supplied what was lacking on your part. They have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. These people who Paul names here in the Word of God are people who were known for service and loving care. They were addicted to serving. They were people who refreshed others. You know, there are some people that you, you're around and you just are refreshed by them. You come away from that time of conversation or time of fellowship and you feel uplifted by it. There are others who are like a January night draining the energy from the battery of your car. You know the kind of people I mean? And you come away from this and say, I just feel so dead. I'm so drained from them. Well, we, we run into different kinds, and we need to minister to people where they are, okay? And there are some that are, are just in need of, of draining <laughs> you for a while. But the point is that God wants us to be the kind of people that refresh others, that, that encourage and lift up others, charge them up. And he says, be in subjection to people like that, acknowledge and recognize them. Growing Christians who've learned how to order their lives according to the relationships that Paul describes here. But they know how to behave themselves in relation to others, in relation to leaders that God puts into their lives. And because they have learned how to order their lives to rank themselves in this way, they're just growing. You can't keep people like that from not growing. It just happens. God blesses this kind of a spirit. And then in verses 19 to 24, he talks about how to do church. How to do church. I know that doesn't sound very pulpit-like, but I didn't know how else to put it. 
so we close.